0: Culture podcast with alaska Curly Castro, and Zilla Rock.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. so boys and girls, grandmas, grandpas, miners. Everybody.
0: What's that? <laughs> miners,
1: miners. Um, welcome to another episode of Call Out Culture.
0: How, how many let me ask you real quick real quick how yeah. many women ever do you think have listed our pod like four may. well it depends
1: on if they're with like their husband or boyfriend but like
0: dolo like they yeah. press play unannounced unprovoked just just raw women total raw number
1: like there's that one like uh woman on Twitter that's always tweeting about Billy Woods
0: okay Her. Maybe, yeah, like anytime we did like a a, a, a woods ep- a, yeah, a, a backwards episode yeah that's any backwoods she tuned in four times yeah. we had yeah. four back ones, she was there yeah yeah
1: maybe maybe um maybe uh, uh lexi from uh insubordinate in record okay yeah, yeah Shout out to lexi yeah, okay. yeah. those two. two we got two yeah.
0: <laughs> it's under under four under yeah. three and a half the line yeah. is three and a half
1: Basically, yeah, that's the over under. (laughs)
0: If you're if you're a woman who enjoys this show, leave a comment so we know it's real. Yeah on on iTunes. Yeah, it
1: could be a negative one if you need to. That's fine as well. well.
0: They could say like, why aren't aren't there Billy Woods episodes every week? Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm trying my best.
1: You know, best march in the game. We could just say that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm trying trying my hardest, Karen or Jenny, whatever.
1: (laughs) oh So so today, uh, it's just it's just Zilla and I. Zilla, you heard uh, just speaking. Uh, Castro is on the road mm-hmm. with uh, speaking of Billy Woods. Yeah, uh, opening for Billy Woods, and uh, Zilla and I are going to test out a new format. We're doing what's called the six pack, where we have six questions, mm-hmm. ten minute time limit for each question.
0: I'll set the timer.
1: Okay, you got the timer, yep. and then uh, we're just going to riff. On, on these topics we each uh reached three questions into the hat and uh yeah i got the questions all listed so i'll just uh, oh, run and real down quick that. before
0: um, my my six-pack questions are inspired by citizen cider burlington vermont's um premier cider company highly recommend it nice i, I enjoy the city of burlington and this one is a ginger infused cider called the dirty mayor nice which sounds I just, like a weird sex move um yeah i <laughs> on the side of the can it says we have a friend known about town as the dirty mayor he enjoys his cider with a nip of ginger okay. so in an effort to be diplomatic we crafted him and his fellow citizens this cider drink nice. vermont i like that the house of burlington
1: hell yeah Citizen it's a cider. good town
0: i agree all right let's yeah. do it all right it's, it's all right. a clock okay you want to ask a question first and i'll hit start yeah i'll ask the all question
1: right. first um should we do a coin toss to see who goes first or you want to just go the way um, i have it listed let's go how you have it listed man all right so the first question comes from zilla mm. which is more important in life chasing your passions or doing what you're good at
0: boom philosophical let's go philosophical so all right so it's my question so you, you, you hit the first take
1: okay so I don't think you have to choose. Hmm. <laughs> like, I think, you know, definitely do what you're good at. Cause that's probably going to make you your, your living. Correct. And you know, it will free you up to chase your passion.
0: Good um, point.
1: I think when you do it the other way around, I mean, when you're young, you could chase your passion, Sure. but at a certain point in life, when you're not able to, to make a living off of chasing your passion, your passion becomes a burden and it yes. destroys your passion so you should at a certain point you're going to have to find that balance do what you're good at make your bread make sure all your bills all of your other concerns are taken care of and that will give you the freedom to then chase your passion and you know realize you're chasing your passion not the ultimate goals of success off of your passion mm. like that's where you you could keep the passion like once you start sort of turning it into something that has an economic ramification on your life right your passion is is compromised
0: totally that agree. would be my take i agree i think i think if you do something you're good at it can become your passion ha. <laughs> yes. i so agree with that yeah i um I was I've been watching the, the Lakers documentary on Hulu hardcore mm-hmm. um and they talk about Dr. Jerry Buss and this motherfucker okay. was a doctor because he was just like yo I was just you know fucking living in Wyoming and I just was like sitting in class like fucking incredible at science and equations and all this shit and like you know I, I didn't really give a fuck but I was just really good at it so you know it allowed me to um graduate high school two years early go to college for free graduate two years early get a phd have become a fucking doctor and be chilling in socal and making money and then start a real estate empire because me and all my friends were doctors and we had bread and we all put our bread up and then started buying fucking rentals and shit and after 10 years i had enough money to buy the lakers oh which he was passionate about like sports yeah you know what I mean, but he just was on some doctor shit of whatever the discipline was, because he just was like, oh, I was sitting in school and that shit was just easy. There you know you what I mean? But it took him ten years to get to that point, and and they said like he was working all the time, like building his first million and all that shit. But uh that that didn't inspire the the question. It was just more like something I just saw that rang true. um I could say like my passion you know has been music that was my plan was like to just go full bore and be a full-time artist and i could say like it was my passion since it's like 2001 or 2 like yo this is all i'm going to do but i wasn't good at my passion until like mm. 2015 like where i would say like okay that's that's actually something i'm proud of i mean so even though it was my thing and i was putting all my money on it and all my time and being around motherfuckers and rap and going to all these events like it wasn't there yet you know what i mean so it was like very very frustrating always feeling i was a failure uh even though i was not nowhere near on the level i am now but but what i was good at was like my day job which was being creative and being personable and organized and talking to people and shit. To where now, like, my day job is, like, I took all my all the skills I learned from doing rap shit with project management and, you know, being organized and being on top of shit. And, like, now that's my job. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. the pay is fucking stupendous. And the flexibility and all that is great, which gives me <laughs> more time in spots to do what I like to do. Like you said before, like, if it can fuel your passion. Yeah. And not feel like. Yo, if no one hits me, if no one spends bread on Bandcamp Friday, I'm fucked. Like my life is fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that's just like sneaker money when that comes through on Bandcamp yeah. Friday instead of like, holy shit, how am I gonna pay my car note this month?
1: Yep, for real. And then I think there's there's also the aspect of when your passion is your life, like, especially with music and this is speaking from experience of like being a full-time musician for five years, you lose perspective
2: Mm.
1: of what like real life is like. True. Right. Like, so, you know, one of the things that I think, especially like when you're coming up, a lot of your experiences that you're talking about are the things that people could relate to because you're going through those similar experiences, right? Like you're working a shit job. You're at yep. school. You're in a bad relationship, like you know. You're like your college girlfriend's like cheating on you or something like that. Right. Whatever it is, like those are those are very relatable experiences that anybody can put themselves in that position and feel that. But like at a certain point, like you know, going to like industry shit, yeah, and being on tour is not something that really anyone can relate to. It's cool, like for a fan, like a fantasy perspective, I think. True, but ultimately it rings empty. And when you have A foot in the regular world you can draw from those experiences and you draw from the growth that helps you kind of maintain an audience too right Mm. like you know now you're in your 30s and you're thinking about buying a home or having a family or you know the things like you're going through with like raising kids like those are things that people can relate to you're in Mm. your 40s you know you're I don't know your parents are now getting sick and you're like you have nah. all these other things that people can relate to like whereas you're just like stuck in your passions it's like you're in your own head and it's just naval-based. yeah
0: Yo, you know it's wild like the the longest tour stretch I did with, with Prem and Castro a while back one of the dudes we were on the road with after a few days of being around this motherfucker like day in and day out and he's a cool dude and I'm, I'm still mad cool with him but I was like he was so in that world that the enti- only conversation he could engage in was like, "Oh, there's one time when we were in North Carolina, this shit happened." Yeah. Oh, and then when one time we were in a road going to Maine, this happened. Oh, we were leaving the show in you know Baltimore. You know, like there was nothing, and it was cool because it's you know about people in the scene and bigger artists you like. But after a few days of that, I was like, "Bro, has anything else happened to you?" Yeah, like it's, it's and weird. no, the answer is no. You know what I mean? Like, no. nothing's happened except Nothing. like, oh, we were sound checking in 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 Wyoming, and then and then we were at the after party in fucking Portland, and then our the promoter was a dick, and then I'm like, oh, okay, bro, this is like variation number thirty six of the same story, the same story, yeah, yeah. After three days, I'm like, all right, man, is there anything else happening out here? Shit, no. but uh, yeah, I I think it was just it was a question I wanted to throw out there. And I I think you and I talked about doing like a a quick one shot one day about it a few weeks back, but yeah, I I think it's like, I'm not the shouts of my pops who just took me to the hall of fame for my birthday, but my dad would always be like, Oh, just follow your passion. You know, like trying to be a good dad, basically saying like things that you enjoy or, you know, make you happy in a creative space. Like I support that, but he was always like, you know, make sure you follow your passion go after your passion. And I was like, bro, that's when I was my most fucking miserable. Yeah. Like straight up, like that shit made me like have four with people and like waste money and you know I me mean? like go to work tired of shit and it's like I just think it's like patently bad advice because it's it's a rather uphill climb and people think like they I feel like people feel like it's it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Versus like if you're good at some other shit, go with what you're good at, man. You know what I mean? Cuz you're not even really stressing about it. You're just like I could just do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the more you get good at it and the more you get incentivized and make money and get praise or whatever it is in your field, you're like, oh, shit. Like, what if I, like, applied myself? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow, I could really, like, make power moves and then I could funnel that into my passion and do whatever I want to do, which is, you know, really fucking cool as well. Hell yeah. So, yeah, we we're, all the, right, we're, we're oh, I'm sorry. Got
1: oh, I was going to say, did we hit that 10 minute mark?
0: we're a minute and 10 short boom no okay. problem all right bet. boom okay boom i'll reset the clock Look at all it.
1: right so the the next one is my question Gabe. the question is is the lack of gatekeeping hurting the culture
0: all right start boom is the lack of gatekeeping i think i think the gatekeepers that helped were people who whose taste you could trust and who could steer you in the right direction potentially so like like the guy at the fucking local video store that was a good gatekeeper yeah even like comic book guy or record store person right i think they were really really good because they would especially if you became like a regular they would they would see the shit you were into and then Feed you shit like that. And then hit you with some curveballs. Yeah. Being like, yo, check it. I know you're not into X, Y, Z, but this one, I think you will like, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's, that kind of ties into what um we were talking about recently with the, um, one last one we did with Castro. Yeah. You know, um, about like, how do you fall in love with something if everything's just catered to what you already like? Um, so I think those gatekeepers are missed, mm. but like two dope boys, <clears throat> You know what I mean? Like, no, fuck them. Like, who the fuck were they? Yeah. They just had an inbox and a blog. So, no, I don't miss okay. that shit. I'm, t-
1: I'm torn on it. Because I on. think we're at a point where, like, anybody can sort of just come in and, and talk about shit, which in a lot of ways is cool. But it also sort of leads to people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right making definitive statements about things <laughs> you right. know like i'm not going to name anybody but there are people that we all talk about that it's like you weren't out you know for lack of a better term you weren't outside in 94 what so the there. fuck are you talking about right you know like even if you might have read an article but you you don't know what was really hot right or you know like what it was really like so like i think maybe we need more like solid historians sure than gatekeepers necessarily
0: um I'm, I'm okay with that
1: yeah like people who who were there that could tell the story like as opposed to you know some dude from rolling stone telling the story
0: or oh, right? yeah or like a 26 year old on pitchfork when like harry Nilsson dies they just listen to five random songs from five albums and be yeah. like see i like his later stuff
1: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly or like the fantanos of the world like uh you know people people still give a fuck about what that dude thinks do they
0: wow I think Yo, so. I'll tell you like, what I I used to check him yeah and then I I swear to God my cut off and I never went back was he gave a very positive review to Wu-Tang a better tomorrow which oh. is the worst most embarrassing shockingly repugnant album I've ever heard it's not good it is a disaster yeah it's really pathetic, and he was like, "Oh, seven out of ten There's a lot of interesting. I was like, "No, no, he doesn't know shit about rap." I was like, "That's it." I was like, "Why am I even fucking paying attention to this dude?" Because he he covered NASA, and I think he covered like early Arm and Hammer Woods, and then um this kid who used to work for me used to sit and watch this motherfucker on YouTube all day where he was filing. Yeah, so I'm like, "Oh, like he's talking about this record." Oh, I haven't checked it yet. Like, what does he say? Is it worth checking out? Yeah, I'm like, okay. And then um after that Wu Tang shit, I was like, nope, no. Get the fuck out of here. Let yeah. me ask you about gatekeepers though. Like what I think the gatekeepers you've historically hated on this show and in probably real life for like, you know, the college radio motherfuckers mm-hmm. and like the CD distributors and like the 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 barriers in between you and an audience. Yeah. certainly. right. So but which which ones would you want to bring back or should still live on, I guess.
1: I don't know if I'd want to bring like I mean, like, you know, the source when the source was good. Mm-hmm that was a great keeper great gatekeeper like stretch and bob okay uh the wake up show like you know um tech and not tech Swipe. um swaying tech, sway and tech yeah. yeah um but i think like i think like really somebody that's really good or a collection collective of people that's really good right now are, like dead end hip-hop
0: sure definitely they're
1: fantastic because it's like they bring you all aspects yes of the culture which is really important like A lot of people are like, and I mean, we're kind of guilty of this too. Like, we talk about like Wu Tang Uh, and like underground. I mean, we we go out out a lot more, but there are people that just only talk about like, yeah, I know underground shit that's out right now. And it's like, that's not everything.
0: Well, I I think, I think, um, I don't know the the background of all the, the dead end dudes, but they have to have some type of musical something. Yeah. Because they can, like, Mike obviously handles more of like, punk and metal yeah but he also can talk about like modern r&b mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so yeah. and then those other dudes will be like i remember when they reviewed prem's album none of them heard of prem except like yeah. and they were like they were giving very thoughtful positive reactions to load-bearing crow's feet yeah so i was like that's really cool rather than like oh there's like some white boy shit this is some backpack shit you know yeah
1: no they have they have good they have good insights and understand the the different levels
0: Yes, of and I, So, but I was pushing back to you about us in the sense that yes, have we? Do we mention Ghostface every fucking episode of Raekwon Yeah, yeah. But um, I, what from the feedback, and I'm sure you've gotten too, Castro. The feedback I I've gotten from our listeners over the years now is like, oh, you put me onto this motherfucker that I never oh, yeah, heard certainly. of. yeah, certainly. Well, I, I was just
1: going to talk because I only put that caveat in there because I was going to say like, you know, there's just people that only talk about like, you know, like certain underground artists.
0: Right. And we're, Result you know, we
1: talk about those, some of those artists much more than we talk about other artists.
0: Sure. Right. Yes. Like,
1: you know, sort of. But that's also like they're our friends.
0: Right. Right. And, so there's and that. Element like, there too. Yeah. But like, I remember when, when we first had Brian and Tariq on, mm-hmm. they weren't our friends no yeah you know that's i mean for sure, yeah. they were just like i just was loving rhino xl and i was like yo i just want to talk to you guys and and me and brian had like you know circuitous terms through shells because he was in shells crew back in the mm-hmm. day but we didn't we weren't we didn't fucking even talk on any any platform before the show yeah um but i feel like we we're good at that because you know, like Castro's personally put mad people on like Cavalier and like and yeah. like um, uh, what's homeboy's name? Uh, not yeah, somebody Stone. was just talking
1: about that recently.
0: Yeah, uh I think it was Big R. shouts out to Big R and yeah. SD. Um, it was, who's the other dude? He had uh Skip Coon. Yeah, you know, I I feel like I've put mad people on a Brian and Tariq, which I'm I'm happy to do. I mean, yeah. And then you know, through your for, through people knowing you and being a fan of yours for almost twenty years they've checked us out and then discover you're still active. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Be like, Oh, Alaska raps. Check that out. You know what I mean? Like grab human zoo or some shit or cargo cult. So um, I think it's really fucking, but I think for us, because we're artists, we're not like, I only listen to Griselda adjacent shit. Yeah. You know what I mean, I
1: also don't know if we're gatekeepers. Honestly,
0: I only were gatekeepers, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. just saying like, <clears throat> I feel like we're we're we've morphed into a trusted source, yeah, of what what to check for new and old, versus if we don't cosign it, it ain't shit, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think uh, yeah, to me like that's an actual gatekeeper, but um, but yeah, I I I think it's becoming more and more. I think people are like cling. I I go to go back to your point. I think people maybe want that more whether they know it or not, because like you're saying, if any motherfucker can go and post anything all the time, then nothing means anything.
1: No, exactly.
0: Like it's literally useless. So you do need someone to be like, stop everything you're doing and only check this one thing, whether again, it's like a movie or book or a show or an artist, whoever. I think it's like we're swimming in a sea of too much freedom choice. I sound like I sound wild Republican right now, but that's not what I'm getting at. <laughs> no, but I,
1: I think there's there's like truth to that, right? Like mm. there's so much choice right now.
0: Right. And like so where do you even like, start? Yeah. It's kind of overwhelming. You know? It is
1: overwhelming. So you need you need trusted figures. So
0: I feel yeah, like that, that. That's that's why I fuck with like Apple Radio. Yeah. Because I I'll pick shows that I'm like, oh, I I know I like this, but other times it's like, who's this motherfucker? Let me try them out. And then they'll put me on a like nigerian rap i'll be like oh this is crazy or it'll be like the, the elton john show where he'll be playing like b-sides from motherfuckers i haven't checked in 25 years i'm like oh you know what i mean
1: yeah I mean, it's one of the things i kind of appreciate about the um bandcamp algorithm because mm. it's you know in some ways if i'm not mistaken you can kind of list artists that are similar to you
0: oh or my, yeah, yeah 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 yeah
1: so like that is a bit of a more controlled in recommendation system, sure. I think, like you know, then just sort of here's a certain BPM that you like to listen to, right? And you know? all right, well, we're we're, like,
0: we're right against it. All right, cool. Boom! Look at that. We went the full throttle on that bit. There boy. we go. So we want to take a quick break. Let's do it. We'll be right on back now. Yeah? Uh-huh. Hey, yo! Don't wait for me to leave. The new album from me, Zilla Rocha, and Andrew. His album's groovy as hell, man. It's like eating a bowl of ice cream for breakfast. Available now on 3 dollars pistolcom We're doing vinyl pre-orders, tapes in this cigarette flip-out paper box you haven't seen since 98, CDs. And we got everybody on this joint that you love. Alaska, Prem, Wally Clark, Brian Enos, Castro, Rich Jones, Teller Banks. Cuts by my man Marcus Pin. Yo, I love this record. I want you to hear it. Take all your troubles away. It's therapeutic like that, but in a non-corny way. Grab it now. Don't wait for me to leave. Zilla and Andrew, $3pistol.com. It's streaming everywhere. All right, we are
1: back. We're uh, right in the middle of the six-pack.
0: Yo, real quick, right before we we came back, you were talking about one-shots briefly. So to all of our regular feed listeners, the one-shots we do that are only on Patreon 99%, you're missing out on some funny shit. And I was so I did one like a week ago about how Kevin Smith is the worst fucking director of yeah, all time. Right. It's funny as hell. And our some of the Patreon people were like, he's actually also the worst comic book writer of all time. And so I forgot <laughs> to respond to them. But they are correct. He yeah. just He he like you said, he's like "What would you say he was he was like Bill Simmons, he had one idea once in the nineties. Yeah, and just kept writing. it. <laughs> i just got it early at the right time yeah yeah shots our patreon patrons i agree kevin smith's comic books are fucking ball sacks The joints are not worth peeping and all the ones i've checked i was like made myself finish it thinking i was doing the lord's work because i i I used to really love kevin smith but the minute it was done i was like yeah i'm not going back to that fucking daredevil book again no he's whack super whack so yeah, yeah. Th- that that's the type of dynamite content you can get for starting in at five hours a month that's 30 what 30. happens
1: when you get stuck with your your passion mm. being your life
0: oh or you're or like you only make your passion based on your life and your yeah. life is like small monotonous everyone knows what the fuck's going like there's nothing really interesting happening there it's no. just like yeah, I'll you're me, the equivalent
1: oh. of the dude that still listens to Pearl Jam,
0: <laughs> Bill Simmons. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. He still listens. It's to so Pearl funny, Jam. like that dude is constantly like getting on people, like sports writers, about liking Springsteen. I'm like, dude, you're still bumping fucking Pearl Jam. Get
0: the fuck out of here! Yeah. man. Oh my god, that's <laughs> good to get back. <laughs> All right. So,
1: so Zilla's next question is: Who is the rapper that really influenced you that
0: you do not talk about much?
2: Mm.
1: Wow a tough one yeah
0: because we have a fucking rap show and we talk about rap all we time. do talk
1: about it a lot yeah i or think
0: like, god i mean i
1: i don't know how much like they influence me like technically or whatever right but i think like spiritually like cl smooth mm. and grand pooba like the sort of like newer shell rappers
0: Yes. And I like Mount that. Vernon
1: rappers, like they definitely like had a lot of like influence on me. And you know, I think maybe is because like they were closer to where I was from. Ah. So there was that element of it. Um, I knew people that knew them. Oh. At the time, like um, my friend Dexter and Eddie. They like knew um like Brand Nubian, they knew mm um they knew pete rock and cl Ooh. like so they knew all those dudes and they were talking about them forever and then they hit and i was like mm. oh like that's those dudes so like <clears throat> you know there there was that element of it and i think like it it made it more tangible mm. than like you know Dos effects or like right. epmd like yeah even though they were only from long island but it was like they were older these dudes were like, kind of younger closer right. to my age at least right. they seemed that way um they were they were coming out when i was like really like breaking out on my own like you know sort of 20 19 20 years old type shit nice. um so yeah so i think a lot of those dudes and like i mean i know we've talked about wanting to do a um was it main ingredient episode oh god but yes at some point <clears throat> castro doesn't want to do it i think so while he's on tour maybe we knock that one out
0: yeah well I, it's funny i just listened to, um one app ep- one epstein podcast on the way back from vermont they had dj a track on okay and he was just raving about main ingredient and they were you know where cypher sounds like well i'm a mecca and the soul brother guy and i'm a i'm a main me me me, john morrison and small pro are just diehard main ingredient guys but uh real quick cypher sounds said something like well, like what's the go to single on main ingredient and a tracks like that's the point it's an album like there isn't (laughs) troy It's but it's just like prime Pete front to back, and then yep. CL just like hang glide on that motherfucker.
1: Yeah, just so smooth on that album.
0: So good. Yeah, it's um, everything,
1: it's everything you want. It's
0: beautiful. I think I think you saying that, like you know, you've talked about Grand Puba a lot on the show. I think I think that you, now that you've said it, I, I can see hints of Grand Puba in your style. Mm. Now, granted, I only know uh the 2000 album pretty yeah. well the first what was it was it for, what's the first one real to real
1: real to real yeah
0: yeah see i don't know that one that well and okay. i and i and i don't know i know the the grand the brand new being album. i know the most is foundation because it dropped that same day in 98 is mm-hmm. like jay outcast and um black star and i remember buying that one like a week later and like playing that one a lot and then I went back years later and checked out um All for one. Okay. Um so I don't have like a deep, deep uh passion for Grand Pooba heavily, but he, what he does I like. Yeah. And I think I think how that reflects in your style to me is like it's a very like slick and then in, there's a lot of humor, but there's like pizzazz but not like in a jiggy pizzazz way. Yeah. If that makes sense. And it's funny because I was thinking about this. I thought about this question because there was like a a dude that I was checking out and I was like, man, I don't know, bro. Like this, this shit is not for me. Like it's just, I'm trying really hard to be open-minded. I'm like, this is not it. And I started thinking, I was like, this person is like the polar opposite of Sean Price. You know what I mean? Where it's like not a lot of humor, like yeah. a lot of words, like a lot of not no real defining characteristics. And that's when I stopped and I was like, yo, Sean Price is that person for me. Mm. Like I don't really talk about it. And because I, th- I feel like he he has like two kinds of fans that are rappers. He has like the kind of fans that are that are end or rappers that like don't stop talking about him. Yeah. Which is fucking I get it. You know, whereas like they always stick their chest out with Sean. Yeah. And he's not like in that realm for me where he's on the tip of my tongue. But then when I sat back and thought about it, I was like, yeah, like I remember just really studying monkey bars and Jesus Christ Superstar heavy yeah. when they came out and just studying because he was my favorite in Helta Skelta. Yeah, same. When he was Ruck. And so hearing him on and I was even listening to some of those mixtapes like Donkey Donkey Sean Jr. and like he did one called Master P, which is hilarious. Um, but like stud like noted, just like absorbing like how different his style was. Yeah. Where there's like a lot of room. You know what I mean? And I remember feeling like I didn't rap like that back then. You know what no, I mean? Like it was you everything do, was like you do def-
1: now you have that in
0: there. Right. And so yeah. he was the first one where <laughs> I was like this shit is great because it, it just gives you time as a listener to like sit with it before the next thing happens and then he uses that space to just to have like a lot of charisma it's wearing when he was said like he's like this ain't no gangster rap how many motherfucking gangsters rap I mean truthfully you may think you that but overall Duke I think you whack Peabody the name is new to face the same the judge is whack the case is lame I love Jesus. to rap, but I hate the game. Matter of fact, Duke, what's my name? Peabody. Like and, and then like catch it and go back and forth if you want with that swing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so uh what's the other line he had? I thought was, I always love when he would say, like, this is all off peabody, but when he said, like, you supposed to lie to the cops, tell the truth at the booth, except you tell the truth to the cops and lie in the booth. Like just the <laughs> symmetry and like bending things back and forth that are very simple. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit. And I'm like, that's when I hit those spaces, am my right? And I'm like, there it is. But I'm not like Sean, I genuflected the altar of you. Like I did it, but it's like very much alive. Yeah. When when I hit those places from him. And so I just thought about that where I was like, yo, he's he's a dude that I mean, we were lucky enough to be on a song with him and, and small pro before he passed on 86 witness. Um and I purposely like didn't do that style. Yeah, on that song I'm like that's him.
1: That's all his. Yeah.
0: Yes, and you know, and then Castro did his style, obviously, but you know Castro's own shit. But he's a dude that I feel like people are like zealots, or they're like, oh yeah, like you know I, I fuck with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I feel like I'm I'm closer to being a zealot, but I don't want to be a vocal zealot like
1: that. Yeah, you're not you're not like um, lashing yourself in the back.
2: Hmm
0: it's like how certain producers are with dilla yeah you know what i mean certain certain rappers can be like that with sean yeah but i feel like i've i've because i don't want to be that i don't ever really acknowledge it which is shitty so in, that, you that know, inspired the, the whole thing
1: i don't think it's necessarily shitty i just think it it is what it is sometimes you keep your influences in your back pocket
0: yeah well you have to right until yeah. someone catches it. and then when someone catches it, no one else does you're like ah you you like them too
1: yeah, exactly.
0: He he has the one line on uh he says something like um he he did he did a verse, it was like the ill Bill and DJ Muggs album, like before Muggs was pumping out way too many records called uh Kill Devil Hills. And he goes, <laughs> My gift to Gab is a gift from God. I will get you stabbed and get you robbed. <laughs> like that shit is amazing. You know what I mean? It all fits. He's just so funny. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's just
1: <laughs> he—he's almost like in some ways he's like the simplicity of it mm. is great. It's like it's almost like some Mitch Hedberg shit. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like the yes. way like he just like sets shit up, right, and just like twists the words around a little bit to make right. the joke. It's yes. fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's right. really good.
0: It's like he, he had to get to that point in his life. To be so comfortable and just drop the yes. ruck and and boot camp and all that. Yep. And be like, you know, what's what's he say? He's like, he says something like, he said, my, my my homies is like ruckus, you rad. My son is like, they can't fuck with you, dad. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it sounds so matter of fact, but it's hilarious. Yeah. But then but when you write it all down, you're like everything snaps into place.
1: Yeah, it's all it's all perfectly crafted.
0: Yeah, it's like really ingenious how he did that, and then while just having you know so much flavor about himself and you know just cracking on people and having fun, and it's like man, it's just he's And it
1: it really like it's really dope because of his voice. Like his voice doesn't sound like it should be that fun.
0: Mm, You know what I
1: mean? Like the voice is like it's not Danny Brown's voice, Freddie Fox shit yeah like it's you know, like but bully he's shit like funny as fuck
0: yes yeah he's he's the one dude yeah he's fucking dope yeah so i read the clock with that one so boom. all right
1: cool all right Sweet. so speaking of like um people that are really important and aren't talked about as much my next question is why don't we celebrate heavy d more
0: man all right, so this this you were outside for this. So I'll defer to you yeah. as a person who is much younger and my 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 Heavy D relationship is very very fragmented. So when I was a kid, Heavy D to me was like again, like he was like tone Loke or some shit to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where like I liked him cuz I'm 8 years old and like my mom lets me play it out loud. Yeah. Um and then when he had like now that we found love, that to me was like that was on my MTV party to go shit next to Marky Mark and all that. And he's in yeah. the fucking Michael Jackson video. Um, which one was that for? Like sl- I said, slam or jam? Yeah, jam. I think it was jam. Yeah. Yeah. He's in that. He was on all the TV shows I watched yep. at one point. Right. He was just kind of everywhere. Um, and then later on, he had like, I got nothing but love for you, baby. Yep. Like that was huge. So to me, he was like just a pop guy. You know what I mean? And then I remember seeing him in um that movie, rhyme and reason. Okay. Like the documentary. And they're just yeah. like showing him like sitting down talking. And he even said, he said something like, you know, if you're a tough guy, be a tough guy. You know what I mean? If you're like a street dude, be a street dude. He's like, I I can get down with that. But like, I'm a fun loving person. Like I have a lot of style. I have a lot of flavor. Like I like women. I like my friends. I like hanging out. So that's, that's the style I go through. Like, you know what I mean? And I, But if if that wasn't me, I wouldn't be that kind of rapper. And I remember thinking like, and this was like 96, where to me, he was like totally not my purview anymore. Yeah. But as especially in the last few years, like he's the person with thanks to streaming, like I've I've caught up on heavily. Yeah. And like spent a lot of time with where I'm like, this dude's got so many styles, it's fucking incredible. Like that joint he has with um Biz. Um on the the Marley Marsh shit oh yeah oh my god that is like that's one of the greatest fucking rap songs I've ever heard of my oh, I only yeah. caught it like in the last three four years I was like this shit is crazy and then all his shit with Latifa all his shit with Pete Rock oh my yep. god it's it's incredible so I don't know to answer your question like why that is but I could just say like I didn't look at him beyond like a pop dude mm. but not like MC Hammer pop
1: yeah yeah certainly So, yeah, I mean, I think there's something to that, right? Like, I mean, I remember, you know, Heavy D was like similar to like with Salt and Pepper when they came out with like Tramp,
2: Mm.
1: like at that sort of era, it was like, it was very like, you know, Latin quarter, like type shit where it was like, you know, it was these catchy songs, really well worked out routines. um and he was dope like he was like you know but he was also like you already had the fat boys yes you know you already had chub rock yes you had all that shit and i maybe my timeline might be a little messed up with chub rock but you know it was sort of like all right he's playing on the novelty of his fatness correct right but he was dope he was making cool songs and shit like that and um then he went into like the now that we found love shit which was like house music
0: right Oh, so, and remember, real quick, he did a theme song for In Living Color*. In Living Color, too. Yeah.
1: Huge, huge. So he was.
0: There was something a little bit
1: fresh, Prince about him. I think.
0: Yes, except he's just a way better rapper.
1: Way better rapper, and seems like a way more fun guy.
0: Totally. As
1: well, like, but um, so there, there, I think there was that element of him that, as the music switched. Like, people didn't take him seriously anymore. Correct. He was like, he was like a house, like a house music rapper, right? Like, he was making club music. He wasn't necessarily making rap music, right? Um, but then he dropped fucking Blue Funk.
0: You love this shit. Dude,
1: that album is so
0: fucking good. It's all Pete. The whole album it's is all Pete. Really.
1: And it was like, yo, that was hitting. Like, where where I wasn't with my friends, like, everybody I know had that record and they were so bumping cool. it. And it That's had, cool. it had, bangers on it he had the the song from uh the theme song from who's the man yeah
0: oh yeah
1: which was so good um
0: oh can, can i can i float this at you yeah did did biggie's popularity give him a renaissance because he's in the fucking big papa video it and he was on all the mca shit too yeah and like I, big, biggie blending like i'm i'm overweight but i'm street as fuck but i'm also like arm beat out yeah I feel like Hev got a second win because that style became in vogue.
1: I don't doubt that either. Like, I mean, because Blue Funk, like, he was definitely like harder, but But that wasn't there wasn't anything about it that like he was. It was his unity. It was his like Queen Latifah's unity. (sighs) Blue Funk was that for him, and it was it was a huge record. Yeah, and then you're right. Like, there's that sort of like smooth out style. Like, also you had it with like Ill and I scratch, Uh, and then he dropped. God, what was the name of that record? It was the one with nothing but love.
0: Yeah, nothing but love. I think. I think it's. Is name. that what yeah. it was? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like
1: with well, that not seem a girl. <laughs> like he dropped that shit, and that that, that was hard. huge. That was a big record.
0: Dude, I remember hearing nothing but love on a daytime radio. Like chicks I knew all were fucking with that. Like that yeah. was you would be in like in a in a, in a doctor's office and you just hear that shit somewhere. Like that song was all that that song was like inescapable to me. Yeah. But then yeah, he also had like all the Jack reggae did. shit too, which was crazy. I was just
1: about to say that he was really good with the dance hall shit.
0: Damn, he was so fucking good with that. Yeah, he
1: was he was really good. And he did good. Candy
0: Rain, bro. He put on Soul for Real. Yeah. That's all him. Yeah. Yeah, he he's was crazy good. Um I think I think he's I, well, you actually remember towards the end, he did um that Guns N' Roses joint on Blueprint too. Yeah, which is literally him just looping the cake song, Arco Arena. Yeah. And then he did um the Don for Nas before, yeah, before he so died. That being stupid. the yeah. Don, Nas the Don, New York City, City, New York City. That shit was crazy with Supercat. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he he I feel like there was something else he produced that I'm I I can't think of at the moment, but he I feel like he was just the ultimate threat between like film and T V and Again, like being acceptable and like neat and and clean, quote unquote, but not in us he's not like he's a sucker type of way.
1: Yeah, no, certainly. Like that's the thing. He was like Yeah. And I, I think like within like the hip hop world, he's wildly respected. <sighs>
0: totally.
1: But I don't think like he gets his props from like mainstream culture in the way shit. Like he right. still gets like heavy play on like Sirius XM right but like he's never talked about outside of like rap dudes
0: i totally agree
1: and he should be like because he was also in like mad movies and tv shows like he was really good in life he was in fucking cider house rules bro yes wow you know like he's he was. He was in shit he was he Damn. was on mad tv shows i mean yeah he, did mad he was in mad fucking cider acting.
0: house rules yeah totally like left turn for him too yeah. at the time yeah he, he was, was same Erika him and erica badu was that erica badu's in it too yeah yeah i only yeah. saw the movie once but it was it's it was powerful movie. yeah it was good yeah. Try to see what else he was in he i'm sure he was like in who's the man Everybody yeah i'm pretty sure was he let me see he was in just cause he was in jersey Blue drive Street, jersey drive yeah actor he had 53 credits as an actor well a lot of mu- as music videos tower yeah. heist Tower Heist, yeah. Are we there yet? Bones, Tracy Morgan show. Yeah. He was Boston on uh, Public. He was the on Booker,
1: called. Castro's favorite show. Oh no, that's Becker. Never. Becker.
0: Mind. Yeah, Castro loves Becker, bro. <laughs> he was on Rock Living Single. Baps. I remember that movie. Yeah. He was Living. on Boston Public, bro. New Jersey Drive. Yeah. He is. Yeah. i gotta rewatch new jersey drive man it's been a long time since, yeah, it's like, been a while since i watched he that was shit. on rock yeah
1: he was on rock reoccurring role. roll
0: oh i remember that that was the first time i was like oh shit like this is he's kind of like a real thing yeah wow damn yeah, well. yeah he he leaned i'll give him this he oh the, the i will say like the, the the don't curse joint was like that was a big deal for me Ooh, that shit was banging that shit was crazy yeah um this is your night Oh, he wait. What songs has got me waiting? Is that his shit? Got me waiting. I think
1: that might be off Waterbed Have.
0: That shit is crazy. Yeah, a bunch of love. Yeah, that shit. He like settled in. He's one of them. He's one of the best rappers who raps about women. Ever. Yeah, the anti Nas. Oh, without question, the anti yeah, m
1: Because he doesn't. He doesn't show. Right. Yeah or he doesn't tell he just sort of like he just talks about like cool shit like going out on a date he's not like (laughs) you know my throbbing (laughs) robin
0: we're like we're ll being just like a patently fucking insane and ridiculous yeah like where it's like fantastical schlock yeah but it's like charming because it's ll whereas like heavy heavy d just seems like yo like my uh my, my my sister met this guy at her job and she's really digging him and you meet him you're like oh I fucking like I hope it works out like they're a good yeah. couple
1: yeah we went to Dave and Buster's with them
0: <laughs> yeah like and then after they break up you're like damn I wanted to hang out with with, with Dwight yeah but she broke up with him Fuck. exactly but like I wanted to hang out with this guy still damn what am I gonna do <laughs> so, so I rate the time on that with the heavy D there you know, only 10 minutes on heavy D Well, we gotta do a better one someday
1: yeah, we'll have to do like a, a lineage of greatness on half.
0: Oh, way overdue.
1: Way overdue. All right, so let's take another break.
0: We'll be back. And then uh, bring it home with the last two. Bring it on home. We'll All be right. back. Call culture
2: last Godzilla. What's going on, Fallout Culture listeners? It's Mighty Healthy here, producer half of Mighty Cannons, the collab album between myself and his cannons on Grinding Nobody Records. I'ma just be honest you're not going to find more excitement and action planned in the 30 minutes. Production-wise, we got 8,357 beat switches on there. I am not exaggerating. We have beats with actual drums and bass. Wow, what a concept. Your favorites don't do that. We have lyrics that are insulting. You want to be insulted for 30 minutes? And it's not just by Ace. We got decided The Gift on there. We got King Micah The Infamous on there. All my King Mighty 1 and 2 listeners. Substance 810. We got Jamil Honestly Twice on there. And we got DJ Grasshopper doing some scratching. Oh, and you know, we got Capadonna just chilling on track 8, Hi, go check that out. The Mighty Cannons is out everywhere, on every streaming platform, Spotify, Apple, LimeWire, Radio Shack, you name it. But if you want to give us money, which you should, you should go to GrimyNobody.com, that's G-R-I-M-E-Y-Nobody.com. The website is beautiful, the merch is handsome. I think we still have a couple vinyl left. We're not like the other guys. you are not going to wait 28 months for a vinyl because it's are shipping out of Earth 612. If you get a vinyl now, you probably get it in a week or two. And if it's international, about three weeks. We still got CDs left. We got a couple of shirts. We have three-foot framed posters. I mean, whatever, whatever your fancy is, you probably got it. Somebody said that it might be 20% by the time you hear this. Or not. You never know. You got to check it out. Anyway, Ace Cannons, Mighty Healthy, Mighty Cannons, out everywhere, Grimey Nobody Records. Okay, bye.
1: We are back. 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 Getting to the home stretch, last two questions in the six pack. Zilla asks, should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? and this might be quick because the answer is yes why is it yes well because he was the most famous athlete of his era more famous than griffey yes
0: nah i don't think so
1: griffey by the time nah, more we got to bonds cracking 700 and whatever homers he hit yeah griffey was out of league
0: but I, but i put it this way i think i think bonds was more baseball famous i don't think he was bigger than Griffey fame. Like mainstream fame. That's no, that's my only point of contention.
1: I mean, I think I'd have to beg to differ on that. Like by the time he was like winning the the season home run title. Right. The career home run title. Right. Being in the World Series. He was gigantic. I mean, sports writers hated him, but yeah. He was huge. Like I mean I I get what you're saying about baseball fame, but I, I think he was like in the culture famous.
0: Huh? Yeah. I see. Uh, I always thought Griffey was like the peak for 90s, all 90s. And, and, and Bonds really kept going through the 2000s. That's like, what I'm
1: talking 2000s. 90s was Griffey, but Griffey was out of the league. I mean, Griffey's career wasn't very long.
0: It, well, it was only because he came up at eight. He was like LeBron. He came up at 18 yeah. and was balling. Yeah. So by the time he was 30, he was like washed. But he that's was 12 washed, years. But he was
1: kind of washed <laughs> like, by the time he was like twenty six, I feel like nah, he, he was that he was MVP
0: at twenty six. Was he it? didn't get washed till he was like literally thirty. Okay, on the so yeah, that's like I mean,
1: it felt like his career ended quicker than it should have.
0: Well, he he just had so many lost seasons with injuries. You know what I mean? It was just because he just was like a regular person. Like he got yeah. older, slower. His shit started adding up. Yeah, with with his ailments. Whereas with Bonds, it's like okay, I'm gonna get like crazy fucking stat nerded out. Ready? Yeah. This month, so, so again, if you just cut his career in half, right? You're like, well, bonds. the steroids don't count, right? Yeah. yeah. but Okay. So, if if we just stop the year before the 73 home runs, right? Yeah. Because the year before 73, he had 49 home runs at yeah. Ready, 35 years old. Yeah. Okay. So if we if we just cut his career at 34 years old, yeah. So from like 21 to 34, he's a three time MVP. Yep. Who led the league in walks five times who led the league in homers and rbis once he led the league in on base four times he led the league in slugging three times he led the league in total bases once at 34 he led the league in intentional walk six years in a row
2: yeah <laughs> like, this I mean, that's is
0: before crazy. they were walking him when shit. the bases were loaded correct that's how dangerous he was he was ready to this he By that point, he was already a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He was already an eight-time gold glove winning outfielder. Yeah. By 34.
1: By 34. He was a Hall of Famer before steroids.
0: And then he was one. Ready for this? Silver slugger. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'll, I'll cut it off there. He was an, an eight-time or nine-time gold glove to eight-time silver slugger. Jesus. B- Didn't he also
1: th- like wasn't he like one of the last people to have like a 40-40 year? He did 40 um, stolen bases, 40 home runs. He might have or some yeah, shit like it was
0: that. him cuz yeah, he I think he pulled it off. He did. He had a what year is this? Now, you know what? He he didn't do it in the same year. Okay. He didn't, but he did have a 43. The year he stole 40 bases, he had he only hit 25 home runs. Okay. piece of shit. And he had 107 walks.
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he had on. So here's my favorite thing. My favorite stat of all time with Bonds. Yeah. 2004. Right. This is three years removed from 73 home runs. Okay. He's 39 years old. Yes. He walks 232 times. Jesus Christ. Ready for this? He was of those. He was intentionally walked 120 times. Wow. His on base was 609. It's amazing. He was on <laughs> base sixty percent of the time. This motherfucker and the hardest thing to do in the world is get on base in baseball, like hit a ball or do anything. And he was just on it sixty percent of the time. This motherfucker was on first. Wow! <laughs> and he hit forty-five home runs. Yeah, <laughs> at thirty-nine. But anyway, I I brought that up because when I was at the Hall of Fame, I posted on IG. There's literally one little like seven by nine image. Yeah, of him hitting 73 while also saying, well, actually, it's not the record because in the Meyer Leagues, a motherfucker hit 80 or something. And then (laughs) they have another thing about Sadahara. Oh, has the most home runs of all time ever. Like they put him in there because they they have to because he hit 73 and has the most home runs ever. But they have like when you walk in, they have like, and I haven't been to the Hall of Fame since I was like 10. They have like the Babe Ruth section. They have all about the Negro Leagues. They have all about like South America, which is dope. They have all about um, the modern. There's so many. There's like three floors. It's dope. And they have a whole wing on Hank Aaron. Yeah. Right. Which is Hank Aaron's like when you see his whole life accomplishments, like they talk about him, like going to play ball where his mom like just gave him a sandwich and kicked him out the door because she was heartbroken. He was like 16. Yeah. To make 200 bucks a month playing baseball. So like when he died, he was like in charge of all these foundations and. Atlanta Braves outreach and all these things. And I'm like, this fucking guy was like Forrest Gump, like his life was so full. Yeah. Right. I'm like, but like the only record he holds is like most RBIs.
2: Yeah.
0: But he was a total gentleman and a great advocate for the game. Right. Yeah. I was like, but I mean, I mean he did have is, the home run record forever. Right. But then bonds hit like fucking what? Seven, five, he, bonds hit like eight more home runs in this dude.
1: Did he? Yeah. 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 I thought he got up to like 770 or something. Like
0: 762. That, right. And, and and Aaron had 755. Right. The record right. was
1: 744. That's why that number stuck in my head. I think oh, for when, when he broke it, it was 744.
0: Got you. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, here's all it boils down to for me in the hall being up there. And we were talking about it before we hit record, like all the stats and shit. I love the stats. I bring them up. Even when we do rap shit. talking about billboard. Right. Yeah. Um, I like that. But also it's like for Barry Bonds not to have his own wing in the Hall of Fame is patently fucking insane. Yeah. It would be like we're going to do the Rap Hall of Fame and LL Cool J is not allowed to be mentioned. No. yeah, (laughs) Yeah. We'll mention him for like the like uh, around the way girl. We'll put like a picture of a tape and that's it. That's it. Yeah. He's not here. Nope. And so I thought though, but I'm like, why is Bonds not? I'm like, he he did steroids in a time where no one's testing for him but he said the dude that was feeding him the drugs unknowingly that motherfucker's in jail yeah <laughs> it's like someone is guilty it's a dude who's in jail it won't flip on him yeah right the cream and the clear guy balco jesus I, i'm just like i just don't know how you <clears throat> i wouldn't even put on this thing i wouldn't even put no asterisk i'm being like no. there. There's no hard evidence. We but can also, speculate.
1: Like, you're not going to put an asterisk on fucking uh, Lou Gehrig or Babe Ruth, who only played against white players.
0: Yeah. And I, I will give the whole credit. Right. Uh, the, the dude who's like still like top three ever in RBIs or top five cap Anson. Right. Yeah. From back in the fucking 1910s. They have a whole thing for him. They have, like, his fucking uniform records. And then when they talk about the Negro Leagues and how fucked up it is for black baseball players, they do have a placard for him being, like, Cap Anson was the biggest star in the league before Babe Ruth and dedicated his life to make sure baseball stayed segregated. (laughs) Like, he was a total fucking scumbag. I was like, shit. Fucking Ty Cobb. Dude, they have big-ass... When you walk in this motherfucker, there's a big picture of Ty Cobb. Exactly. Aggressive racist.
1: Yeah, aggressive racist. Like actually out there possibly like killed some people or some <laughs> shit like
0: that, too. Right. You know, the Tommy Lee Jones movie was like you watch it once you're like that was that guy was fucking disgusting. Never want to see that again. Anyway, yeah. you know, what I mean, it's like it was a bad look. I just think what with, with the Baseball Hall of Fame, it was just it was fucking hilarious. And they had a thing on steroids. they had like a little glass thing. where they t- they talked about Sosa and Maguire that summer. And yeah, later on with the Senate hearings. But like they had their own little section. And I'm like bonds gets one little seven by nine thing being like most home runs ever. Most that's home biggest. runs. <laughs> but the, the whole shit is like, it's also
1: them trying to wash their hands of the shit. Right. Cause they knew that shit was gone. They were making money hand over fist and they just didn't care. Sports right. writers were making money hands over yes. fist. They didn't fucking care. You couldn't look at these dudes and be like, Oh no, no that's real natural growth. <laughs> dudes put on that much muscle when they turn 35. Correct.
0: Yeah. And the here's the crazy part, N- not even just him, like Ken Caminiti, who was like yeah. my favorite dude, right? This motherfucker was juiced up one MVP. Yeah. So they were being rewarded in yeah. the moment, right? Like no yeah. one gave a fuck in the moment. Like, oh, look, you see his numbers is he had 45 fucking home runs The teams in first place. Yep. I'm care. like this when this guy was 23, he was 180 pounds. He's 36. He's 240 solid. Yeah. I'm like, come on, bro. Even Clemens, like there's nothing about Clemens. No, nothing. That's ridiculous. It's really wild, and yeah. so I was thinking about I'm like, so I said to you right before we started taping. It's so like, do
1: they have anything on like strawberry or? Um, they Gunnen? have like their jersey. Okay, they'll have like I mean, their jerseys from like wild cocaine.
0: Yeah, but they're they're not like in the hall. Oh, okay, gotcha. They'll have yeah. like Dwight from like his rookie year because his rookie year is like statistically one of the greatest accomplished they didn't have anything for strawberry though honestly there's nothing there for him but um what i was saying is like it all boils down to and see and this is the opposite of basketball basketball hall of fame were you an all-star three times do people like you you're in the fucking hall of fame you're in bro you're in baseball's like well here's all these numbers we're gonna set and if you don't have them you're not in you're not in yeah right but then it's like well rafael palmero has like 500 home runs always okay. Well, he checks off all the boxes, but like he lied once, yeah. He's not in, yeah. And then it's like Gary Sheffield, 500 home runs, 20 top 20 RBI. Well, we think he did, and he was kind of a dick. Um, so he's not in, yeah. I don't, I don't really like him. And his uncle was Dwight Gooden, yeah. Um, hmm. Kirk
1: Schilling's an annoying conservative,
0: he's a Facebook uncle who's out of his fucking mind, but like one of the best big game pitchers of all time yeah so when I was there I was like if if this is a museum right a museum is there to, to celebrate history but tell a story yeah so my only thing now with this shit is can you tell the story of baseball with this person or not right so it's like you can, it's in, it's fucking impossible to tell the story of baseball Without Barry Bonds. Yeah. Without Dwight without Gooden. Question. Without Roger Clemens. Yeah. Even Sheffield. Sheffield was a huge deal. Yeah. In his day. He was an impactful fucking guy. Versus like, when I was up there and I'm seeing like, and I love Alan Trammell. But I'm like,
2: Alan Trammell?
0: Alan T- I don't know, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. love is this Paul dude. Is little... in the Hall of Fame? Does he he a fuck about But he has like 3,000 hits, you know. Who cares? Right. It's
1: like the least interesting 3,000 hits Harold
0: Baines, like bro Harold Baines could be a contractor fixing my brickwork I probably wouldn't recognize him no exactly you know what I mean whereas like Big Poppy got to be in there even though yeah. he was there's whispers about him Matty Ramirez has to be in the Hall of Fame I'm sorry Poppy's in though he is yeah but what I'm Matty's saying like not, Matty That's Ramirez ridiculous. was a way better player than than fucking oh yeah David Ortiz for years for years yeah and he's not because you know he he, he tested positive for steroids like seven fucking times like on the record yeah. But I'm like, but I don't give a fuck. Like he's no, he's fucking Manny. He he has to be the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's not like the hall of like moral standing.
1: No, it's not. But it's, it's like it's like the Republican governor is like wanting to get rid of like the book about two dads because God forbid a kid hears like their friend has two moms or two dads. Yeah. Yeah. Suddenly the gay's gonna get everywhere.
0: I know. It's like it's like dude, it's dumb.
1: It's just
0: dumb I, as shit. I'm I'm pretty sure like they had like Luis Guzman's bat when he when he hit the the base hit off Mariana Rivera. Okay. I'm, like this motherfucker was roaring out of his mind. He was like hair is falling out, his forearms were like Popeye shits and he was like 37. Wait, what did he when did he hit a base hit? Luis Gonzalez in the 01 World Series. Oh, okay. When oh, they beat the Yankees. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So his bats there. I mean, he's not a whole fame player, but like his 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 memorabilia is there. Yeah. He was roided the fuck up. This guy, of course, oh. the fucking whole league was roided up. That's my th- <laughs> like it's part of baseball. They accept it. Yo, Jose Canseco needs to be in Hall of Fame. Yeah, without you, question. You have you cannot leave this like Ricky Henderson's in there. Ricky Henderson is a, an all timer Yeah, like you can't not put Jose Canseco on Hall of no, Fame.
1: Jose Canseco, yeah, you need He's to bash part of the story
0: of yeah. of the whole fucking game. Yeah, the games. Yeah. You know, the, the league's one hundred twenty years old, and these are the people that. Whereas, like in basketball, again, it's not your thing. Wood Wood said it on here a couple of years ago, which was genius about Lamarcus Aldridge, where he's like he's like in the twenty thousand point club, and Woods just like, if if you told the entire story of basketball and he never played, it would be exactly the same. <laughs> right? No, he made no impact on the league. No, his whatsoever. twenty thousand points never mattered one fucking iota no. ever. Isn't right? he like an announcer now? No, he's he was on Brooklyn last. He he, he was supposed to retire after oh, okay. we had Woods on. He retired like a week later because he had heart problems. Yeah, and then he came back last year and he was cooking. He was on Brooklyn's bench. He was playing really okay. good at the beginning of the year and he kind of tailed off. So, so who am I'm I not sure the, if he's
1: the, Oh,
0: David Aldridge is he the? Oh, uh, that's um yeah, David Aldridge. Yes, he's okay. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah, he he's on the uh he's be on TNT. He's on like. He does podcasts on, like, The Athletic and and, and does, like, gotcha. great okay. NBA writing. Yeah, I fuck with David Aldridge. But we went way over with that one, so sorry about that, everybody. Oh, it's all good. Yeah, we so, went five minutes over.
1: Let, let's hit the last question. And uh, this is for me. Does hip-hop need a union? Uh,
0: Castro talked about this, too, a little bit last week. Um, I have very up and down feelings about unions in general Mm -hmm. like I've seen them at at certain job sites where they did great to do negotiations and then I saw them like basically make your paycheck smaller to pay union dues without any real kickback yeah and then you and I have had a lot of talks about unions like just one-on-one yeah um I guess in this sense i would i would lean towards the more positive side of a union in that they're gonna get you certain benefits mm. right like actor like like sag or after whatever, whatever the fuck those things are called um i think that would be helpful i would be leery about who's in charge okay and where that's going and after i read about um after that movie the irishman came out a couple of years ago I i read the book um, yeah. which is literally half the length of the fucking movie. And they were just talking about Jimmy Hoffa and like the entire truck driver's union. Yeah. And what Teamsters. he was doing with the Teamsters. Yes. And so how he was moving with that was on one hand, like very noble and very pure to help like working people. Mm-hmm. And the other side, like absolutely corrupt, fucking heinous, gross, yeah. and despicable. So it makes me nervous. In general. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm, you know, I think that, There are, like, benefits to it, Um, but I think that the negatives would actually outweigh the benefits substantially. Um, But I think if you were to do it, it would need to be sort of like a Norwegian model where it's, like, you know, sort of formed by the people in it as Mm. opposed to, like, you know, the the auto workers union of America representing (laughs) hip hop. Like which is yeah, like that happens a lot. Like that happens with like teachers unions. Right. Like um, you know, like private school teacher unions are run through like the United Auto workers. And it's like, why you already ruined one industry? Why are you coming back to do this? <laughs> um, but you know, where it's like, you know, everybody that's on like our level, we get together and it's like, this is what we the minimum that any of us will take. Sure. To like go to a club, like things like that. Like I think like that will be beneficial. Like all of us setting like a price point. That's cool. But, you know, I also think that it ends up creating barriers to entry as well. Yes. Um, Which I think is for something like this, you need to have that eliminated altogether. Mm. Right. Like that shouldn't be a thing. So Mm. to me, that that's where I like, I kind of draw the line. Then it's like, you know, sort of like different standards coming into play eventually it becomes a business of its own yes and it's one more thing that you have to navigate as opposed to like something that benefits you
0: and it hasn't happened in sports where someone like union leaders get hoodwinked or oh yeah do dumb shit, and then they gotta wait like years for the next negotiation yeah like it's just I mean, in basketball now, I, th- I think Kyrie Irving's in charge of like the players' associate. I'm like, would well, I want this motherfucker in charge of my shit? Yeah, like Kyrie Irving. Word. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the, obviously the baseball union, which we were just talking about, like, it's like the strongest in the world. Yeah, right? um, they're doing great. <laughs> like, yeah, that shit is not popular with anyone under sixty five. At these motherfuckers make bread guaranteed, guaranteed. seven to twenty year <laughs> contracts and all this shit. So, like, that's working out well. Um, yeah. The football one, I feel like they've tried to make it better over the years, especially with like retired players. Yeah. Um, but it's. Basketball, not. Yeah, basketball but is like kind of shitty. So it's I mean, also it's
1: like you look at football and it's like the reason that Deshaun Watson wasn't suspended for a year or two oh. years is because of the union. So, like, think right. about like. See, that's all that's, the, all the that's corruption the that came out over the past couple of years, how they would it's be disgusting. defending like r kelly and making sure that he gets still get gay. that's my point and I, I think I mean? that's
0: <laughs> i think we talked about it with would print a couple years back during george floyd about police yeah. and i think my overarching issue remains the same which bugs me about police unions it's like why do you want to make a case and defend the fucking worst people oh, yeah. in your field yeah like cut ties like like that like that that dude um recently he was like a new cop and he shot that kid in a drive-through yeah Did you hear about that kid yep yep that motherfuckers on a job seven months they're like fired immediately get the fuck yeah. out of here right i'm like great imagine he was like no 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 no. like he has a point here uh we have to defend our members i'm like well what's what's this guy gonna do in two years from now yeah you know what i mean or like say he moves up the ranks like this is bad it's you want to really bad yeah you don't want you don't want the worst of the worst representing your cause yeah and so that that was my issue with police unions back when we did the episode where i was like why would you want to defend this shit like you you keep eroding trust exactly and so i feel like with hip-hop um yeah it would be great to like you said be like here's the set price for all shows like walking in the door or like spotify has to now give us six cents per every fucking stream not yeah point zero 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 one whatever it is um I just feel like there's two sides of a coin with any union and it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think, I think it's a good starting point, like you said, to figure out could, could it be an insular governing body over rap or for rap artists? Yeah. I think that would be cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think so. But I, I do have like a lot of like skepticism about it ever working.
0: Like right now, like say there was a union, like they'd have to defend Kanye being like Hitler was pretty fucking cool. And like, I'm going Defcon three on Jews. Yeah. What? Well, he's one of our members. He's he one is the members. biggest, you know, he yeah. sold fucking 80 million records. We have to defend him. Yeah. Isn't this America?
1: Is. Isn't free speech still legal?
0: Right. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a disaster. Um, real quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who who was shocked that kanye is really resorted to anti-semitism <laughs> like the train's always on time bro. yeah always holy shit it was like he's being like all right what else can i say that's shocking uh yeah mm. he's like checking he's like he's like been circling on his list like i'll get to it i'll get to it you know like he's been like putting it off for a while he's like all right fine fucking hitler was a good guy you know yeah
1: i mean but i mean how much of it's just like nobody talks about his music anymore nobody gives a shit Never. about his music never so never like, this is all that gets guess attention and it's like the fucking bullshit like entertainment opinion journalists yeah it's just a layup for them they love to it. get clicks like they're so like, lazy they're like and kanye just,
0: back in the news again
1: yeah it's like the only reason anybody even knows about this is because you right just like legit
0: like i don't know what the fuck's going on i don't read the
2: news no
1: like the only reason that that's even a story is because y'all are writing about it
0: all day all day. Um, yeah. So, but I'm saying if, if he if there was a union, they would have to go to bat for this guy.
1: Oh, yeah. It's just like <laughs> teachers' unions have like those rubber rooms where it's like <laughs> teachers that are so bad or have like, you know, done like fucked up shit like with students. Right. They can't fire them. So they actually make them go and sit in a classroom. Word? Yeah. There's classrooms are called rubber rooms in New York where it's like they just basically put these teachers in there. and sit there. They collect their pay, they collect their benefits, they collect their pension. Wait, is this
0: like a school day or they just sit in a room? It's like, like a school day, but it's like they're just
1: in a room. It's like called a rubber room where it's just like other shit teachers.
0: Wait, 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 hold on. So is it like a like a live class happening? No, there's no class. <laughs> it's just other
1: shit teachers. Like they just go to this place and sit there from eight to three and go what? home. They don't have any <laughs> lesson plans. They all like a lot of them have Do like, they interact you know, with had kids? inappropriate relations with students what yo this is crazy yeah
0: oh my god and they can't fire them why not teacher june this is what i'm saying i'm i'm not i just i'm not into like just rewarding d- disgusting shit no you know what i mean like just cut ties bro
1: yeah exactly like if you god really want to like be about it like
0: you <laughs> know uh, all, oh, that, here we go. Wait, all that wait, money
1: wait. that's going to those people could be going to your fucking. Members in good standing.
0: All right, wait, wait. I found this article from August 2020, The New York Post. It says New York City promised to ban teacher rubber rooms. They went underground instead. There's a picture of a dude sleeping on a fucking UPS box. And like, it looks like like some like some fucking office building. Yeah. Here it is. A teacher sleeps at the City Department of Education North Borough Support Center rubber room in 2016. New York was supposed to have done away with tax dollar wasters, but the practice has merely been hidden from view. Yeah, it's all (laughs) fucked up. Yo! Okay, here it is. Wait. The eight city warehouses called Rubber Rooms, in quotes, were spaces of various sizes, Where up to 1,500 Department of Education employees at a time, got paid their full salaries to sit around, free to read the newspaper, surf the internet, knit, chat, or just doze off. It's amazing. Yo, here it he is. Some got creative. One notorious rubber room fixture managed his real estate and rental properties. Another teacher in a Bronx rubber room studied for the LSAT and is now a practicing attorney. <laughs> yeah.
1: They also have something called um absent teacher reserve.
0: What the fuck is this?
1: Which is they're like basically like it's it's how they eliminated rubber room and just like replaced it with something else. <laughs>
0: Well, I'll tell you this: in Philly, we we, we have uh, an epidemic of cops who go out and like bullshit-ass injuries. Yeah, right. Where you like you could you literally and they they found this one woman cop. She'd be like, she said, like I hurt my arm turning the steering wheel. Jesus, right? And it, it's like some type of um, protected uh, disability mm-hmm. where you get to just be out indefinitely, right? And you get your salary, but it's like 80% tax-free. Jesus Christ. (laughs) So you get a raise, right? And then you're supposed to, um, you don't even have to be like, okay, you have a desk job.
1: That's unreal.
0: So Philly has this epidemic of like thousands of cops abusing this shit, right? And they're trying to crack down on them. But they're like, "Well, it's protected by such and such statute, the union, da da, da. And these motherfuckers, and they, and like, of course, the, the inquirer like starts checking in. These motherfuckers have like dry cleaning businesses, of course, carpeting yeah. companies, uh, life coaching, mm-hmm. LLCs, uh, motivational speaking engagements, all the shit. And they haven't fucking picked up a gun and a badge in like two years. Yeah, get yeah, their check, pension, and taxes cut and cut down. Jesus. So it's like no incentive to actually work. Yeah, no. But you could do it. You could be like, oh, my fucking! Uh, every time I go to work, my my head just hurts all the time. I I think I banged it on a on a on a landing going down a staircase. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Here you go. It's Start pretty down. amazing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fucking ridiculous. So it's like, those are the those are the things that also come with it. Correct. Right? So for all the good, there's those things as well.
0: This is pretty good. Um, I'm just I'm just I'm just fascinated with this whole rubber room.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's fucked up.
0: Oh, my God. Th- th- thanks to you for bringing this up. Um, yeah. It says, see, also teachers trapped in rubber rooms for years still collect full pay and, and raises. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, my God. This is hilarious. Thank you for sharing this. Shasta, New York City rubber rooms. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Dude, they, they show this motherfucker like literally just lay it on the ground. With like a, a thing covering his face so he could sleep during the day, laying on top of a package. Yeah. On like a carpeted office floor. <laughs> 1,500 rubber rooms. It's in unbelievable, New York City. man. <laughs> Fired. He, just let him go, bro. Give him a little severance. Like, yo, here's fucking eight grand. Get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah, bounce. Yeah.
0: Boom. You want eight grand? You want nothing? Get the fuck out of here. Dig it.
1: Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, you just got to be like, yo, get the fuck out.
0: Beat it. Well, this yeah. has been this has been a good one. Educational six pack on your head. It's the six pack. Um yeah, so shout, shout out to everybody hanging in with us. Shout out to everybody who's been to the Shrapnel Billy Wood shows. We've Hell had yeah. we've had a, a lot a lot of listeners and and f- friends and family hitting up those dudes. Um shout out to everybody who was at the live from the live show taping uh yeah, that with was Shrapnel in Philly. That was a good one. Shout out to Rob, shout out to Colin. Shasta, the uh next movement small pro ethel c that was dope i hadn't seen her in a long time um that was a great night man so yeah castro's fucking doing great from yeah. the freestyles shit is fantastic they, they're really like you know seeing them perform at beginning right before covid when they were brand new and then seeing them perform last year in philly like right before um like castro knew what was going on and was just kind of like oh my back hurts yeah and now seeing them like two years in two albums in and like doing shows and they're it's it's like the evolution of their show is really fucking ill like they just know what to do now and how to pace each other and how to give each other relief and where the songs are supposed to land so it's, yeah, it it's really been good. really it's been a lot of good work for those boys so shouts to them. Shouts then, out to um, them.
1: Safe travels and all that.
0: Oh yeah. And then by the time this drops, Fireside Chats Two from Griff will be out. It will be out. Featuring all of us. Yeah. Everybody you fuck with. It's really cool.
1: We're all there.
0: We are. Um, so, so support that record. We'll probably have Griff on at some point just to shoot the shit. And then yeah. uh, and then me and Andrew. The what's it called? Don't wait for me to leave, man. Shouts to everybody who's still pre-ordering the vinyl and uh, these tapes, man. I'm kind of shocked. I got some sitting around still. I think there's the most fire looking fucking cassettes in the last 19 years.
2: Yeah, it was so pretty dope.
0: I got tapes on hand with with the c- cigarette box case and the CDs and all that. And then uh, you know, the, the, the vinyl shit, man. I really thought I was going to catch that wave that we call with Sedale. We can get them in like two and a half months. It's looking like, again, like four to six or something. Oof. So yeah, no updates since September 5th on the vinyl front. But I appreciate everybody's patience. It's my first time pressing up Dolo. And uh, but everybody grabbing the Sedale Threat vinyl in person, which is the only place you can get it since we think we sold them out online. That's where I got uh, mine. There it is. Yeah, yeah, you had to get them from the guys. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much that that's probably very, very low right now. I think we only they only brought maybe 30 something on the road, wow. maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you see them Castro and Prem, dap them up, tell me fuck with the show. Say shablao right in Castro's ear. We'll appreciate there you it. Go and uh that's pretty much it anything else you got going on
1: no nothing really you know just i mean lots of shit formulating and getting near done but correct till it's done i don't like to
0: talk about it yeah that's true i uh i just had two trips and now i'm getting ready to sell a house and move and uh wait on ship vinyl i heard i heard it's a very painless easy simple process so i'm looking forward to that this was up
1: (laughs) yeah i'm sure it's i'm sure it's no no issues whatsoever people
0: love it you know there's no problems no damn the, the the postal service lean yep. efficient timely with all the packages yeah yo i, I shipped the cd to this one dude overseas in july he messaged me and then put like a a paypal claim in being like yo i didn't get the shit i'm like oh that's fucked up I finally found his tracking receipt. I keep all the receipts from the international. Mm -hmm. This shit says it's still sitting in like New York, Jamaican shipping terminal from July 30th. It's like still, still sitting waiting to be shipped.
1: That's ridiculous. I was
0: like, this is fucked up and he's way overseas. So shout out to everybody. That motherfucker's never getting it. Nah, So I hit him with the quick PayPal reimbursement. I'm like, all right, man, this is fucked up.
1: (laughs) That's fucking whack. New York. Yeah. That's why you need the union
0: you need a good union there it is there postal service workers of gumball factory assembly union you know, workers
1: we'll have the um ac f i o u oh my god the <laughs> uh, FIOU. hip-hop union to go to war
0: with the postal workers union. <laughs> oh my god over uh yeah over like should we let mystical out of jail you know
2: what i'm saying yes <laughs>
1: like you know he should be able to still do shows
0: Oh my god! Yeah, just everyone has to be over thirty-six years old. Exactly, all, all dudes. Yeah,
1: and all have to sign consent forms. <laughs> oh
0: fuck it! All right, man. All right, oh, man. it's been real, it's been fun. It has been really fun, but who knows? Oh, Always. Here we go. All right, boys. there Peace. we go.